Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? All right, it's good to be here today, and welcome to TC, and we are in our Take Your Shot series. Turn to your neighbor and say, take your shot. All right, I think we can do better than that. Some of you just neglected every person around you right then. Turn to your neighbor and say, take your shot. That's right. I don't care if they're far away. Just holler at them, all right? So you might meet you a new friend, all right? Single folks. Hey, I'm just kidding. Calm down. So uh, we are excited to be in the Take Your Shot series. And before I move any further, I want to let you know, man, we were so pumped, myself and about 10 others. Uh, we went to Foley yesterday. So as we're doing Kicks for Kids, Charity was talking about it in the announcements just a second ago. To kind of fill you in, maybe you don't know what's going on. There's, we, we send teams to Peru every year. And every year that we're there, we see all the kids. There's over 500,000 orphans in Lima, Peru alone. Um, and they're on the streets. And so, uh, obviously, we're not buying 500,000 pairs of shoes, okay? Maybe God one day will bless us with that capability. But today, uh, and right now, throughout this month, we're going to try to raise 300 pairs of shoes that we're going to send with our teams to Peru this summer. And uh, so you get to be a part of that. And so uh, I want to ask you, uh, there's only two things that I unapologetically ask for here at TC. Uh, one is that you continue to help us with the vision of the church to take care of people that need to be taken care of. And the other one is that I unapologetically ask for you to always pray um, for myself and for this church and what God is doing in people's lives. And so those are two things. I don't have a problem asking uh, things from you, and that, that's prayer, and let's take care of people. And this is an opportunity. So uh, we're trying to raise 300 pairs of shoes, bring them in, so you can bring them any Sunday this month. So when you come back next Sunday, go by the store, pick up some shoes. So myself and about 10 of us, we cleared out Foley's clearance rack yesterday. I'm just letting you know. Like, we walked out of there with 40 pairs of shoes. People was like, what are you, what are you doing? It's like, mind your business. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but we did, we did walk out of there with like 40 pairs of shoes yesterday. People were like, what is going on here? I was like, I got a lot of kids. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. So, but anyways, yeah, we want to invite you on that journey. Join us and let's do it. You guys think, I think we can do it. Amen. You guys think if everybody, got, if everybody brings one pair, we got this. All right. So uh, I want to invite you to join us. It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, and yeah, yeah, let's do it. We appreciate you guys. All right. So we're in the Take Your Shot series. And today we are talking about practice. Now, how many are sports fans in here? Where are my sports fans at? Sports, right? Y'all remember the Allen Iverson clip? We're talking about practice? Practice? Yeah, we're talking about practice. All right. So turn to your neighbor and say practice. All right. So your neighbor say you need to practice brushing your teeth because that was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. But we are talking about practice. So how many of you maybe in business or in life or maybe just in friendships have ever looked at other people and you saw how blessed they were, right? Like they got, they had everything. It seemed like they got the car, they got the job, they got the house, right? And you just look at them. Anybody ever been bitter before? Just jealous? Be honest. It's okay. Be honest with yourself. Only four of us honest. The rest of y'all lying, lying, okay? Anybody ever looked at other people and been like, I really wish I had some of that? Y'all know I'm talking about some of that money. Some, it's okay. It's okay. Be honest with you. The Lord knows your heart. He knows you're lying. Okay? So, 
How many have ever had people be jealous of you before? Anybody ever had someone jealous of you, right? And they instantly get bitter, start throwing shade at you, like you did something wrong. All you did was elevate when they were trying to stay in isolation, right? You in elevation, they in isolation. And you're sitting there like, I got somewhere to go. How many of y'all know that God has something he wants to do in your life and you are not going to settle for what's down here? You're trying to go up to something higher, amen? So one of the things, I am, I'm in a constant state. I believe that God has something bigger and better for us if we could just pay attention and be ready for it and look for the opportunities like Pastor Dan was talking about to be an impact and to be impacted. I believe God wants to do something in and through our lives. I do believe that. But every once in a while, you got haters that come alongside you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. People that look at you, they just bitter all the time. Sister sandpaper, rubbing people the wrong way all the time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And uh, I like, when I work with them, I like, to, I like to kind of rub it in a little bit. This ain't Christ-like. I'm just telling you about my flaws right now, okay? Can we be honest in here? So, I, I, so if I'm, now I don't work with them anymore because we all, everybody here is good. But when I used to work, I would walk past their cubicle, and I would just put my hand on their shoulder. You know what I'm talking about? How are you doing today? <laughs> Knowing they don't like me, how are you? You good? All right. All right. <laughs> Keep moving. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you not to. No, I'm just kidding. So, but how many, how many of y'all know that when God does something in your life, he may take you to a new level. Sometimes people will get a little bitter. They'll get a little jealous sometimes. And here's the reason why you look at them differently. It's because they didn't see what you went through to get to where you are. Right? They didn't, they didn't see your struggle. They didn't see your pain. They didn't see the early nights or, or the early mornings or the late nights that you spent getting to where you are. They just see you holding the trophy and they get bitter, right? But how many of you know that behind every victory is a great practice that got them there? And today I want to talk to you a little bit about practice because there are practices in our life that will dictate whether we get to the top or whether we stay at the bottom. There are practices in our life that will dictate if God gives us a lot or if he gives us a little. There are practices in our life that dictate the blessing or the outcome or the position that you get to hold in what God does in your life. God has promised all believers in Jesus an eternal promise that awaits all of us that are in Jesus Christ. But there is something on this earth he wants to do in our life. But we've talked about this in weeks before. He doesn't just want to do it to us. He wants to do it through us. And if we can grab a hold of the promise that God wants to do something for us, to give us a promise so that then we can in turn take that blessing, take that promise, and now we can do something with it to be a blessing and show someone else Jesus, God will start to unlock things in our life, favor and blessings and promise that we can't contain. But for some of us, we hope to go higher, but our practices show God that we actually like being lower. Because you don't get to be a champion without spending some hours in the gym. Right? You got to practice to get it right. So that leads us to a place. And you know, let's go ahead and take those out. Because the difference between where you are and where you wish to be can either drive you or disappoint you. 
The difference between where you are and where you wish to be can either drive you. So when you look at where you are where you are, and you look at where you hope you can be one day, that can either drive you to push and to go and to wake up earlier and grind or to stay, stay up later at night and accomplish. It can cause you to lean more into God. It can cause you to do whatever it would take to get where you're going, or it can disappoint you and you can stay right where you're at. That's up to you. For me... I choose to go higher. I want something bigger and better than where I'm at right now. Is where I'm at bad? No. But if God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, if he can unlock unlimited promises, I really want to tap into what God wants to do. Again, not to me, say it with me, but through me. It's not so that I can have more. God is not out to be some glorified candy man. He's out to reveal to the world the power that rests within the kingdom of God. And how is he going to do that? Through us. But do our practices show him that we're ready to handle it? Let's talk about a little bit of that today. The word sanctification means to be set apart for specific use by its designer. Sanctified. So the Bible says that those of us that are in Christ, we are sanctified. That means that Jesus has now set us apart for a specific use by the designer. Who is our designer? God. So if God owns everything that he needs for us to accomplish, all that we've set out to accomplish in our life, if he has everything we need and he is our designer and the Bible says that we're sanctified, that means we're set apart to accomplish what it is he has for us to accomplish based on his design and his provisions never end. That means we can tap into the God whose provisions never end to accomplish the purpose that he has for your life. God is ready to release and to show you what he's got set apart. How many of you guys ever heard the phrase, practice makes perfect? Y'all ever heard that before? Practice makes perfect. It's wrong. You want to know why? Perfect practice makes perfect performance. Because if you practice the wrong thing, you're not going to get it right. And for some of us, We've been banking on this practice makes perfect, but we've been practicing the wrong things, trying to get the right things out of it. Now you say, now, Pastor, but I don't know if that's true. Let me follow you for a day. Right? How many times do you be like, Pastor, don't look at this. Don't look at this. Pastor, don't go with me here. Just turn, turn your eyes, Pastor. We don't want to talk about this right now. Right? Can I say something? I don't follow you around. Although some of y'all posting up on Facebook, I don't have to. But can I tell you something? I don't follow you around every day. But the one that's trying to use you and bless people through you is with you every day. So do our practices line up with our promises? And do our practice and promises line up with our purpose? And that is a question that we have for you today. God wants to unlock things in your life. He wants to do something in and through you. Let's look at what it is. Isaiah 40, 31 says this. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find, say this with me, new strength. How many of you are ready to find new strength? Those of y'all with kids like, oh, Jesus, me, me right now. I need all kinds of new strength. I'm just kidding. But how many of y'all are ready for new strength? So Pastor Scott Thomas, next week I want you to come. I want you to have your praise shoes on. I want you to have your hand clapping ready. I want you to be in the right spirit, the right mind, the right everything. Pastor Scott Thomas from Free Life Chapel from Lakeland, Florida, some of you have met him, uh, is coming. He will be preaching next week. And I promise you, you will not want to miss the word he brings next week because dude is 
fire every time he talks, right? And so, man, make sure you are here next week for Pastor Scott. I promise you, you don't want to miss that. But one of the things I love about Pastor Scott is he has the ability to make me feel better about being me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I talked to him on the phone. He's like, yo, Brad, you are so awesome. That's how we started the conversation. You are so awesome. I was like, you know what? My day wasn't even going that good, but it is now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, he, had the, he would just say, you are so awesome. I said, you know. So he said, how was your day? And honestly, the day wasn't going that well up until that point, but it changed right then. It went from what I would have said was, man, it's, you know, day is a little bit over. It went, and then it turned into, you know what? It's good, man, because God's got everything under control. So it, today is a good day. You want to know why? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. Choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Because he had the ability to change how I was thinking with a conversation. Now, he lives his life that way. That sounds exhausting. It really does. I just, you know, I'm just kidding. But he has that ability to speak life. And so I want to encourage you guys, be here next week um, because, man, he has. But here's the question I have for you. What if all of us took that same attitude tomorrow when we went to work? How could we change our workplace if we changed how we communicated with each other? What if we started speaking the life into every situation and person we ran into instead of death or concern? What if instead of robbing people's joy, we started speaking joy into their life? What if instead of robbing people's peace, we started, instead of telling them everything that could go wrong, what if we started pointing to all the things that could go right? What if every time someone had an opportunity to look down on themselves, you were the one over there picking their head up saying, no, 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 God still can do something with what's happening today. What if we change the atmosphere that we work in, live in, raise our kids in, sit next to our spouse in? Because some of us might be good at work, good with our kids, but our spouse is miserable because we gas out before we even have time to love them correctly. But what if we change the atmosphere that we live in strictly with our words? He said we can find new strength. He says they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Now, here's the beauty of the gospel, folks. You see, the gospel, how many... I don't know how many of you grew up in church, or maybe you grew up around church, or maybe you grew up with a family member that was in church, right? So just somewhere in that, that demographic. See, my, my dad was my pastor my whole life. He never did this to me, but the institution of the church, the worldwide church, so just the institution of the church, it raised me with this mentality that if I was doing all the right things, me and God were good. But the minute I start doing bad things, me and God aren't good anymore. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I felt guilty all the time. Shame was a cloud that hung over me because if I was in the good groove today, everything was good. But how many of you will join me and acknowledge that the bad days outweigh the good days in regards to my ability to follow the book every day? How many will acknowledge that some days it's just a complete pursuit after trying to get one thing right? How many of you acknowledge I need grace and mercy every single day of my life? So if we're in a constant pursuit after getting it right, but all of us acknowledge that for the most part we get it wrong. And you may get it wrong in a pursuit after getting right, but we always feel like we fall short, don't we? We always feel like we don't quite get there. And then the minute we do get there, we go, man, I'm so good now. We're self-righteous and we're right back to where we started. So if we're in a constant pursuit after good, but we can't get there, that means we're in a constant state of shame. Is that the gospel that God has for us?
Is that the good news that he wants us to live by? I don't think it is. Matter of fact, I want to show you this because the gospel isn't don't. The gospel isn't even do. The gospel says it's done. See, how many of us lived our life just trying not to do the bad things? God, if I could just not do these things, me and you would be good. And then some of us take it a step further, and we, we make the gospel about trying to do the right things. Am I right? But can I tell you something? Your position in God is not dictated by your ability to accomplish or not accomplish certain acts in your life. Your position in God is defined, described, and laid out by what Jesus did on the cross alone. You can't earn this free gift. You can't buy this free gift. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't say, now do this. He didn't go to the cross and say, now stop doing that. When he went to the cross and he gave his life, he looked into heavens and he said, it is finished. That means it's done. That means there's nothing you can add to the gospel to make you more worthy. There's nothing I can do to earn this free gift. Jesus gives it to us freely because he laid down his life. And I don't care how much shame the enemy tries to hang over your head. I don't care how many bad decisions you make. When you align yourself in the grace of Jesus Christ, God sees you one way, and that's righteous. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees the reflection of Jesus. So you don't have to be so focused on not doing. You don't even have to be so focused on doing. All you have to do is rest in the fact that when Jesus is your own personal Lord and Savior, it's already done. Now that's comforting because we already acknowledge we are all pretty bad at doing. Come on, somebody. All right? And the minute we think we're good, we get stuck in traffic. That'll light you up real quick, won't it? Your position in God is swayed by that red light. Come on, somebody. Y'all, y'all ain't here today. Listen. Anybody got the war out steering wheel? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just ain't got no grooves left. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the gospel says it's done. Colossians 1, 28 and 29 says this. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. But we want... To present them to God, it says. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship with Christ. And that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. It's Paul talking here. And he's saying, we want to show them. The problem is how many of us are so consumed by the fact that we ain't got it right? We can't. We can't. Boy, Pastor Dan said, we can't talk to nobody about Jesus. I'm still working on me. Can I tell you something? You don't start talking about, start living the life, start declaring the hope, start giving out the mercy, start displaying the grace, and start pointing people towards Jesus. And you don't have to get it all right. Can I tell you something? Half the time, or better than half the time, we are in a pursuit after living the righteous life. And a lot of times we fall short. Thank God that God's grace and mercy afforded to us through Jesus on the cross carries us through those days where we miss it. And how many of y'all, again, will acknowledge, we got some days we miss it. Come on, somebody. All right. All four of us. The rest of y'all, it's today because y'all just lied. All right. So anyway, so. But there are things we do. So there are practices that we operate. Now, the reason I wanted to put that into a good frame for you is because there are practices that we operate in. But these practices so often are preached that we do these things so that 
We can earn our way to God. And I want you to hear me today. This isn't so we can earn our way to God. We do these practices because we already are in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. And because of that, there are healthy practices that if we'll wrap our minds around and we'll start to implement into our life, we'll go from small to God taking us to mountaintops of faith and a future of purpose and who will release promise in our life if we can start changing some of our practices. You all want to hear what those are today, this morning? Good. All right, good. Me and you, brother, because everyone else just, I don't, know. I don't know if I'm interested in all that. I'm just kidding. All right, so we've got to embrace development. Turn to your neighbor and say development. We've got to embrace development because who we are now isn't who we have to stay. Hear me today. Who we are isn't who we have to stay. I would even say God doesn't desire that we stay the same person. He rescued this person, but he doesn't desire that we stay this person. He rescued us so that we can become all that he has for us. Now, don't disconnect this. There's the eternal promise in Christ. Then there's the resting promise, the temporary promise here. And I think that's what God wants to unlock. One of the practices that we're going to have to change in our mind to start stepping into that is we got to start sweating the small stuff. Sweating the small stuff. How many of us in life have used this phrase before? Oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Can I tell you something? If it challenges your character, it's a big deal. If it causes people to look at Jesus differently because of what you do, it's a big deal. If it affects how you get to declare the hope that Jesus has for us, it is a big deal. But more importantly, here's the thing that I want some of us to grab a hold of. Is that many times the ultimate purpose, the ultimate blessing, the ultimate future, the ultimate promise that God wants to unlock in our life, he won't unlock that because we don't sweat the small stuff. Now, those of us that have ever played sports or we've ever been in business before, y'all know you got to sweat the small stuff. Because how many of you know the small stuff adds up? Like taxes. Yeah, go on and don't pay that. Because how many of you know they coming, right? Like, you're going to pay Uncle Sam or you're just not going to have a house. Anyway, so sweating the small stuff. Matthew 25, 23 says this. He says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. And this is what I want you to take out of this text. Now, in two weeks from now, I'm going to preach a whole sermon just on this, okay? But I want you to grab a hold of this, this phrase in red. You have been faithful over little, now I will make you ruler over much. You see, those of us that aren't faithful with the little areas that God has given us, are showing God that we're not ready to handle the big promises he's ready to unlock. So we look at other people, right, holding the trophy, like we talked about earlier. They're blessed. They're walking in purpose. They got it all together. God keeps unlocking blessing in their life, and we're just going, can't believe. They just get everything. No, no, no. They're faithful with the little things. Therefore, God opens up the promise to the big things. Y'all hearing me today? That a lot of times in life, we want to overlook the small steps, not realizing that small steps get you to the bigger steps. The small stuff opens up the opportunity for the big stuff. But we want to walk in big blessing, but we don't want to operate in little promise. We don't want to operate in little steps. We don't want to operate in little practice. 
But I'm here to tell you today that if we'll start sweating the small stuff, we'll show God we'll be faithful to handle what he wants to give us. I'm telling you right now today that God wants to give you more. Not more so that you can buy a yacht. Not more so that you can buy a 10-bedroom house. More so that you can do for the kingdom what he's calling you to do. And if you'll say yes to doing the right things with the small things, he can unlock the promise of the big things. But we got to be faithful. Next, we got to work on becoming flexible. Becoming flexible. Now listen, I don't do much yoga, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. I, don't, I know some of y'all, that was a shocker, right? Like, ah, oh, could have fooled me there, Pastor. All right, I'm not a yoga guy, all right? So, but here's what I know. To, to fulfill all that God has for us is going to require flexibility. Y'all with me today? Because here's the thing. God is rarely ever going to use you to your fullest promise if you're only ever tapping into the early stages of your potential, right? So uh, some of us say, God, I, I want you to do everything with my life. And God goes, perfect. I want to do this with you. And you go, whoa, that is not what I had in mind. God says, all right, I want you to, maybe he, he's calling you to be more generous. And we'll even take the church out of it so you can't call me a money-hungry preacher. Maybe he's calling you to be more generous, to give some money, to fund someone else's mission program to take care of some kids in uh, South Africa or South America, whatever. He's calling you to do that, and you're going, God, I don't know if I can afford to do that with all of my finances. I just don't. Can I tell you something? Being flexible shows God you're ready to handle what he wants to throw at you. The thing about being flexible is you don't just wake up one day and start being flexible. you got to be stretched to become flexible. And a lot of times we don't like being stretched. Can I be honest with you today? I don't like being stretched. Yoga or otherwise, okay? I ain't trying to. Anybody ever done yoga before? You can be honest, super spiritual people. Just turn your heads for a second, okay? Calm down, right? Sweating. I, man, I did like three stretches. I was sweating just like, I ain't even, I, I've worked out harder than this and not been this way. Why? Because when your body isn't used to stretching, you are actually pushing it beyond what you, what you thought and what your body is actually currently able to handle. Can I tell you something? Many of us want to be flexible, but we don't like to be stretched. Many of us say, God, I want to accomplish everything you have for me. God says, okay, I want you to tell your coworker about Jesus. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, I'm not good at talking to people. Okay, I want you to love this person even though they rub you wrong every opportunity they get. God, you know I can't talk to that person. I don't even like to look at them. Right? God says, okay, I want you to, I want you to come over here and I, wanna, I want you to give to this person. And all of a sudden you're going, oh, God, I don't know if I can do, I want you to do, I don't know if I can. And all of a sudden we get into this back and forth where every opportunity we have to be stretched, we start shutting it down. God says, I want, you to, I, want, I want you to join the dream team. I want you to go through growth track. I want you to join the dream team. And as you join the dream team, I want you to start serving at the church. And I want you to start making an impact in kids' lives down the hallway. Where every time you serve, there's 10 kids that are right there. And you're speaking life into them because you're showing up. And their father never showed up. Their grandfather never showed up. But today, you as a man are going to start serving in the kids' ministry down the hallway. And you're going to be the first man to ever show up in these kids' lives, even though nobody else did. And you're going to be a difference maker that's going to cause them to see Jesus in you, even though they never saw it in any other man ever in their entire life. And you're going to change 
change the shape in the workplace. You're going to change the very framework that they see that can happen. And you're going to change the generations from then on, even though their family's been in poverty from then, that point forward. All because you said yes. When you start looking at things that way, it changes stuff. Because when we get stretched, we can say yes. Some of y'all need to stretch your friend circle. God is saying, listen, you need to change some of the people you're around, right? Because some of y'all might need to shriek your friend circle, first of all. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, some of y'all need to get rid of four or five crazies. Some of y'all need to trade three of them people that try to take all your energy, joy, peace, happiness from you and look for three people that can come in your life that can start bringing some joy, energy, peace, and happiness. How many of y'all say, that sounds good to me? Good. You can go to mytc.life, click on connect, and click on small groups, okay? <laughs> but in all honesty, guys, a lot of times we say we want something, but then when we got the opportunity to get it, we don't want to stretch for it. And I'm here to tell you today, if we'll start stretching, God will help make us more flexible to accomplish the purpose that he has for us. Matthew 22, 14 says this. It says that many are called, but few are chosen. Can I tell you something today? God is calling areas of your life for you to fulfill a greater purpose. He's not short on calling. He's short on yeses. What could happen if you just started saying yes to anything that was godly in your life? What could change if you just started saying, all right, God, I'm going to do it. God says, I want, you know, he dropped something in your heart, that little voice that says, man, you could do this if you would just say yes. And you go, all right, I'm going to do it and just go. I started operating under a five-second rule. Uh, many of y'all know I started working out again. Again, and so uh, started working out again. But when that 5 a.m. alarm goes off, there is nothing in my life I want to do more than throw that phone against the wall. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, absolutely not. But I started doing this practice, and some of y'all can adopt this. Maybe it'd be helpful for you in some of these things that we're talking about. I started doing a five-second thing where I make the decision and I move in five seconds. I don't ask questions. So it's like that alarm goes off, and I'm like, ugh. And two thoughts go through your head, right? The first one, which is like, you mean you really need to get up. But you lay there long enough, that second one really starts to get louder, don't it? You know what, that snooze button. Just hit that a couple more times. You can sleep in. So I started making five-second decisions. One, two, three, four, five. I'm up. I'm going to tell you something. There was a lot of times where I, I, if I wasn't doing that, I would stay in bed. But because I'm making a decision, I'm moving. And for some of us, we need to grab a hold of that opportunity. There, is, there are moments God is speaking to you throughout the day, and you will talk yourself out of stretching and becoming flexible for the sake of the kingdom. Because you don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, I'm here to tell you, none of us ever know what it's going to look like. But wouldn't you rather follow the one who used words to put the sun, moon, and stars in his face and then, rather than your own knowledge and wisdom and understanding? God's got you if we'll say yes, right? Next, do better at becoming consistent. Becoming consistent. For many of us, our relationship with the Lord is actually could actually be defined and summarized by large moments of intensity rather than small, consistent moments. 
Let me give you kind of an example. You get that pink slip or that doctor's note or that foreclosure notice or something like that happens, right? And what happened? You ain't talked to God in four weeks, but now we join the prayer team. I'm painting stuff. Don't need to be painted around here. I'm showing up to church every day. I'm here more than the pastor is. God, I need a miracle. I need you to show up right now. I just need you. I need you. I need you. Can I, are we honestly here? Okay, right? And I'm... I'm I've got to be honest with you. I'm guilty as anyone else because even, like, even being on staff at church, sometimes you'll get caught up doing things for God and not necessarily talking to God sometimes. And so I'm, I can be guilty of this just like any of the rest of us, but our relationship with the Lord is defined by large moments of intensity rather than consistent moments, small moments of consistency, right? So we've got intensity and we've got consistency. Now, I want to break this down on a tangible level that some of us can understand. What if I didn't talk to my wife for three and a half weeks, but then showed up one day and was like, hey, baby. Can I tell you something? There ain't going to be no intensity or intimacy for that matter. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We adults in here. Y'all can handle it. (laughs) There's not going to be, you know what she's going to say? Boy, bye. Right? Why? Because if you only come around when you want something. But how many of us would never do that to our spouse? But that's exactly what we do to the Lord. Because everything's going well, we don't really stop and think, oh, this is only going well because Jesus has given this to me. This is only going well because God has sovereignly moved his hand over my workplace or my marriage or my relationships or my children. The only reason this is blessed is because God has intervened. We don't see it that way. Sometimes we just think, oh, yeah, I'm killing it right now. Can I tell you something? You need God to move on every aspect of your life all the time. And our life has to become more consistent moments rather than large, intense moments. Because if we're only looking for moments of intensity, you can cry on the carpet. And I'm telling you, God will show up. But isn't there something bigger and better and greater than just moments of intensity? What if you just woke up every morning and before you did anything, you just spent 15 minutes saying, God, thank you. I ain't got everything I want, but I got more than I deserve. I, I, I don't have everything that I'm looking for, but I sure don't deserve what I got right now. I'm really looking for that promotion, but I want to praise you for the current job that I got. I, I really want this to improve in my marriage, but I'm going to praise you for the, per, the fact that this person is still walking in the door right now. I, I'm really looking for what's next, but I want to praise you for what's now. Well, you lock into small moments of consistency with the Lord and watch what he'll do in your life. Because gratitude is the attitude that comes before blessing. Gratitude is the attitude that comes before blessing. You're looking for what's next. God wants you to praise for what's now. John 15, 5 and 6 says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. But this is what he says afterwards. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. How many have ever felt dried up before? Ever felt like life was empty? How many have ever felt like heaven went silent? Can I tell you something? Heaven didn't go silent. We did. 
right? It's just that we took that long break between talking. Took that long break before we realized I don't just need them when I need them, I need them every day. They're gathered and they cast them into the fire and they are burned. Man, but those who abide in Christ, those who are with him, connected to him every day, they bear much fruit. How many are ready to bear much fruit? Y'all with me? Number, th- or number four, the last one, this time that you execute your calling. Practice executing the calling. You say, Pastor Brad, I don't even know what my calling is. I don't even know what the purpose is. Number one, I believe God wants to do something in your life for your family. He wants to do something in your life for your job, for your coworkers, for your neighborhood. Some of y'all like the old crusty person on the porch in the rocking chair just yelling at people for no reason in life. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yelling at kids for being kids. Why are these kids out here? Like playing? Yeah. All these playing kids. Y'all know people like that in the neighborhood? Always looking out the window, trying to see what's happening, spying on everybody. Listen, God wants to do something in and through your life. But we got to get fixed on executing the calling. We got to get fixed on what God wants to accomplish. We got to get fixed on the fact that you aren't just a beggar. You're not some loser. You shouldn't be covered by guilt and shame. That God wants to take you to higher heights. He wants to make you victorious in every single circumstance you come in contact in. And if you'll connect to the God of the universe, I'm here to tell you that he will help you execute the calling that he has put on your life. But even bigger than your family or your work. For some of you, God wants to call you to do something. Even right here at TC, you have the opportunity to lock into that. And if you don't know what that is, I'm here to tell you that we have a model called Growth Track. It takes a few weeks, and you go through four weeks, and you find out that there's already gifts inside of you that God just wants to pull out and help you use for his ultimate purpose. And if you want to know what those are, at the end of the 11 o'clock service every Sunday, through those double doors in the back, we have a Growth Track, and you can find out exactly what God's calling you to do. And we can even help you get you plugged into it. But here's the reason why I want to give you Isaiah 40, 26 to 31. This is a big piece of scripture, but I want to read this for you because I want you to see the clearest picture of God. All right, let's do it together. Don't read it out loud together, but I want you to read it along with me. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So you hear a lot of people preach about that last little bit, those who trust in the Lord. But I think sometimes we need to be reminded of the Lord that we're trusting in. If he knows the stars by name and he knows exactly where you are, you can trust him with your life. 
You can trust him with your future. You can trust him with your purpose. And you can trust him with every calling that he has on your life. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. You are not by accident. The Bible says he knew you when you were formed in the womb of your mother. And he has a plan, a purpose that he can't wait to unlock in your life. But there are small things about our practices that perhaps need to change a little bit. And it's not so that we can earn God's love. It's so that we can execute the purpose that God has in our life. How many guys are ready to go there with me? Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you have a purpose, a calling, something bigger with our life. So we look to you to be our everything. We thank you that, God, you control the world in the palm of your hands. So we look to you, God. God, I pray that you help us change our practices, those areas of our life that perhaps have just gotten a little out of whack. God, you know what they are, and if we were all honest, most of us know what they are too. But God, your desire is that we would change those areas. You've changed our heart. God, so we want to commit to changing our practices so that we can unlock and fulfill everything you've called us to. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here and maybe you don't know Jesus. You see, God does have a purpose for your life. He does have a calling he wants you to fulfill, but knowing him is the first step. And if you're in this room and you say, man, pastor, I've, I don't know God. At least I don't, my life doesn't belong to him. Maybe I know enough about God to know that my life isn't right with God, but pastor, brothers areas of my life that I'm still trying to control, but I'm ready to to give everything to Jesus today. And the beauty of the gospel is that when Jesus went to the cross and he died there, he paid the price for my sins, for your sins, and today to receive eternal life, to, to step into the promise that is Jesus Christ. All you have to do, the Bible says, is repent of your sins, which means to turn away never to go back. But then he says, put your faith in Jesus that when he went to the cross, he paid for your sins. And today, if you want to put your faith in Jesus today, if you want to know that eternity is waiting for you in heaven today, if you want to be saved, then I want to make you an offer. And I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out, but I do want to pray for you. And today, if you are here And you say, Pastor Brad, that's me. I need Jesus to take over my life. Would you raise your hand right where you sit and say, that's me, Pastor. I need God to take over my life. I need need a fresh start. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. That's me, Pastor. I I want a fresh start in Jesus. I'm ready to say yes. I'm ready to stop doing it my way. I'm ready to do it God's way. Maybe you're watching us online. You want to join those that have raised their hand here. You said, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to say yes. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith in Jesus alone makes you saved. But we want to pray a prayer together to put words with the actions of our heart, saying yes to Jesus. The whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying it by yourself. And so let's pray it right now with our brothers and sisters' church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure, make me whole. 
Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that you died there. And I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection. I can be saved. So I want to follow you. I give you my life. I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that have heard that perhaps for the very first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.